Hey guys, welcome back to The Black Space. My name is Lexi and today I'm here with my friend Lauren and we're going to be speaking about our experience as biracial women. So Lauren, do you want to tell me what you identify as? Yeah, sure. So I am half black, half white. I just got my genealogy done, so I guess I can go more (laughs) in depth on that. My mom is sub-Saharan African and my dad is German, Danish, and Norwegian. And yeah. And for those who don't know, I am mixed um, black and Mexican. I don't really know what part of Africa, or if I'm even from Africa on my dad's side. My mom's side, I think my grandma's from Chihuahua, Mexico, and then I don't know where my grandpa's from. Yeah. So, um, do you feel confident in your racial identity? Like, do you feel like you can um, connect, like, both sides? Um, I'd say I've... I feel more connected now to both sides, but it's definitely been a step in progress to Mm -hmm. get to this place. So now I feel like with both sides of my family, like visiting both, I feel completely comfortable in both settings. But in terms of like friendships, I think that's still where I don't feel like I fit in all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you feel like it's more your friends that are like maybe one race or like? Yeah, I'd say definitely. Growing up, I grew up in Downey, so it's definitely more of a melting pot there. Mm -hmm. Um, But many of my friends growing up were white because I went to like a Dutch Reformed Christian school growing up. (laughs) Yeah, so that was just kind of everyone that was there. Mm -hmm. And then now in college, well, graduate from college, but during college. I had a lot of white friends, but now I think my closest friends, it's definitely more of um, Latinas and white friends. Mm -hmm. But I don't have a lot of black friends, which has always been something that kind of, I feel out of place in that. Mm -hmm. Like I feel like I don't fit in in that community and I don't know why. So that's been kind of a, something I've been working on yeah I had like a similar experience too like growing up in the valley again it's a melting pot you don't always wear like your racial identity Mm. on your psyche it's not always like present um everyone kind of interacts with everyone at least in my school I went to like a catholic college prep school in the valley Mm -hmm. so it was like predominantly white people um but yeah even like with my own black identity like my dad grew up around hispanics my mom um same thing grew up around Hispanic so I always felt more I guess I felt in tune with both sides but coming into like my racial identity was like college time Mm -hmm. that's when I had like those eye-opening experiences especially with like my first like white roommate and like making me feel like I wasn't welcomed like in my own home basically yeah so like because of that I was like hold on (laughs) hold on (laughs) let me let me look within myself and yeah I think now that I think about it I didn't really have any problems um that I noticed in the time like throughout my high school period because I think I was just kind of complacent with a lot of like microaggressions yeah I didn't know what that was so I was like oh I don't know yeah kind of hurt but I don't really know what that means to me and then coming to college you start learning about those things in classes, and then I was like, wait, yeah, this is what I've been facing my entire life, and then living with a majority, now I live in a house full of 
there's eight of us total. Oh, wow. So it's a, it's a lot of people. And I have some white roommates that I think having more of those one-on-one conversations, they don't realize some of the things that could be like misconstrued. Mm-hmm. But now I'm kind of like, well, I can educate them. But then it's kind of like, how do I educate and not come off as like angry, pissed yeah. off black woman? Because that's always like a stereotype yeah. as well. That's something I struggled with too, but as I like progressed, got more educated, I just didn't care anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I lost a lot yeah. of like white friends from high wow. school because like my transition was like so outrageous to the point where like before, you know, I wasn't as woke as I am now. So like yeah. white friends would say the N word around me. Oh my or like I had um some guy call me affirmative action in high school. And everyone's like, huh, it's funny. Uh, no, it wasn't. No, so, like, yeah. I came back, I want to say, probably, like, freshman year winter break, I was a completely different person. I was like, look, fam, wow. you can't say those words. Yeah, and they were just like, cut. oh, my God, Lex, every time I hang out with Lexi, I feel attacked. It's like, no, I'm educating you to be a better person. Mm-hmm. But yeah. they didn't see it that way. They saw me as being aggressive. Wow. Well, hopefully I mean, someday they they realize, wow, Lexi helped me out <laughs> back then. <laughs> But, um, yeah, did your parents ever have conversations with you about um, being mixed race? Um, not really. It started happening in college and I'd come back home and then start having those conversations. But I know, like, my mom was always concerned about it growing up because mm-hmm. she was like, I feel like you're not in touch with the black side of you. And she kind of felt like she was the one at fault for that, which mm-hmm. I don't think that's necessarily the case but those conversations never really happened growing Mm. up like through childhood yeah especially like we're biracial women but we're two races that kind of like hate each other so like traditionally Mm. mexicans and blacks especially in la don't get along yeah so like i always had those conversations and my mom had them with me saying like there's gonna be people that don't want to associate with you because you're black and Mexican. There's going to be mm. Mexicans that don't like you because you're black. There's going to be black people that don't like you because you're Mexican. Yeah. So that was something I always, like, had in the forefront of my mind, which kind of, like, I guess hindered the relationships I built with kids in, like, my community. Yeah. Especially, like, when I would go into a room and I would be, like, the only, like, mixed-race person there. I would feel mm-hmm. like like it was, it was um, not happening, but in my head, I was, like, they're staring at me. Like, they don't like me. I need to leave. Yeah. So it, like, made it, yeah. like, way harder. Yeah, I'd say, especially identify with, like, being the only mixed person in a room. Because sometimes there's, well, most of the rooms I've been in have been mainly white. Mm-hmm. But even in other rooms, I'm like, oh, gosh, like, I feel like I'm not welcome. But that could just be something yeah. I'm doing to myself. Because I don't think that that's always the case. But mm-hmm. I think I have had people that are, like, are you adopted? And I'm like, no. And they're like, you don't look like either your parents. And I'm just I'm like, dead. well, I'm a mix of both yeah. of them. Like, there's just always a lot of questions on what it's like to be mixed. Mm-hmm. And then in college, starting to meet people that are also mixed and then kind of sharing those similarities mm-hmm. there. Yeah, I definitely internalized that. Like, um, now pretty much all my friends are either like Hispanic or black. Mm-hmm. But like, my 
own self-doubt within my identification as being a black woman because I, I identify fully as a black woman as a Mexican woman mm-hmm. I take on both cultures I don't see myself as like 50 yeah. 50 I see myself as completely black completely yeah. Mexican but um yeah I think again like educating myself more learning about my history about like the accomplishments of like both of my cultures really helped me connect to both of them mm-hmm. and like once I stopped internalizing this self-doubt within myself that's when I was able to like break those barriers and like cross those bridges and like interact with people that are from both cultures because that I have like so many like strong black friends I have so many strong um, Latino friends that are doing like so much for the community yeah. so I think that's one thing that really helped me like going that's away awesome. away from the valley really helped me so leave for the valley sure. people yeah. <laughs> leave the valley get out while you can <laughs> yeah but. I feel like LA definitely is way more open than like Downey as well just like a little suburb and kind of everyone knows each other, but LA's more welcoming and I think that's helped my I don't know if it's like progress, but it's helped my knowledge and self awareness mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. Um did you take any like African American classes in college or you just Um, I took one my freshman year, but I don't remember what it was called. <laughs> <laughs> but that was it. But I've talked about, I'm a political science major, so mm-hmm. we talked a lot about race and different, like, sociological aspects in a lot of my classes, which was helpful. So, like, political race theory and all of those subjects mm-hmm. were covered, so I loved, loved those conversations <laughs> and learned a lot from those. But I wish I took more um, African-American studies classes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those classes definitely helped me become more, not comfortable, but more educated on like who I am and allowed me to like yeah. stand my ground like being able to like debate and like mm. know all the facts and not like allow people to like spread these myths yeah really helped sure. but um I noticed like especially my experience at like a predominantly white institution like going mm. to college um there me as a mixed race person existing in like a predominantly white space I felt like for some um white students or even like white professors I was like the communicator between Mm -hmm. um them and like my friends that were darker skinned than me Uh or like friends that weren't biracial they like I feel like Like white people yeah so I like like basically I'm acknowledging my privilege being able to like um communicate for both I guess yeah but like that was something that was like new to me like because I worked um in the business center so I'd always have like white professors and I I would notice like because I'm a psych major and I over idolize everything (laughs) but I would notice like when white professors would come in and I was working with um white students they wouldn't come up to me even like we weren't that busy (laughs) everyone was open but (laughs) they wouldn't come up to me but if I was working with um all my black co-workers or co-workers that were darker skinned than me they would come up to me and not go up to them Wow. Yeah, so that's, like, something I noticed, too. Yeah. (laughs) Do you think they felt, like, uncomfortable approaching them or just didn't want to communicate in the wrong way? Or why do you think they were doing that? Um, I think it's more of, like, a colorism thing. And they probably, Mm -hmm. like, saw me as more of a... Like, being able to relate to them more because I look... Even though I'm black and Mexican, I guess I had more, like, Eurocentric features than, like, my other counterparts, so... That was, like, 
one thing wow. I noticed. Yeah. But yeah, biracial identity. <laughs> it's a lot. I like again, like for those who have tuned in before, I had a professor that told me like to end racism, you need to have um, mixed babies, and everyone will look the same. That's interesting. But I think as being a mixed person, there's certain things that you have to deal with that like someone mm-hmm. that's one race doesn't have to. Yeah, definitely. Like constantly being asked like what you are. And then being told that you're not what you said you were. Yeah, I get thing. that a lot. And I'm like, how do you know what I am? Yeah. I think I think I know. Yeah, I even saw studies that said, like, um, because biracial people are so questioned about their identity that um, they actually develop, like, coping mechanisms oh. to, like, deal with it. Like, what were the examples? Um, I think it was, like, becoming, like, overly educated in your race. I think that was one of them. But yeah, because <laughs> um, mixed race studies are like emerging now. Like it's because everyone is becoming so diverse. Yeah. Like the field needs to catch up. But there's like a few studies out now that talk about like being biracial or mixed race. Wow. I need but, to start reading that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Use those databases oh, while we still sure. have access. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I, I do not agree with that statement. Yeah, I don't know. I think like I've even had comments positive comments were like wow like mixed people are so beautiful and mm-hmm. I'm like yeah I agree with you but, but but there's a lot of things either people like glorify it or people like really look down upon it yeah and there's I feel like there's not a lot of in between and being mixed you see that there are benefits but there are also are a lot of like you said different issues that are different for people Mm -hmm. who are mixed and I think a lot of people don't realize that yeah and like for me I know I internalize it a lot because I don't really know how to be like hey this is me yeah I have a problem with this and like sometimes I do but then it's like it's easier to talk to another mixed person about that rather Mm -hmm. than the two different sides if you will yeah and I'm not saying that to like discourage people from like interracial dating or whatever yeah no you can love who you want (laughs) but just that statement saying that having mixed babies is gonna end racism Mm -mm. yeah no that's a strong statement (laughs) yeah that's no because I feel like you have so much hardships like for both of us like identifying with not identifying but like relating to both races or having um people of like a single race like look at you and see you a certain way Mm -hmm. or even like I've um I've been recently exposed to the <laughs> the um, memes associated with, like, light-skinned women as well as, like, mm. mixed-race women. Yeah. And I saw a black male post on, I think it was Twitter, post that, like, oh, like, light-skinned women and mixed-race women um, are never going to get married. They're never going to be taken seriously because they're a joke. So I was <laughs> I was talking to my friend about it, and I was like, I've never seen this. Because my feet yeah. doesn't look like that. My feet is yeah, no. <laughs> my feet is therapist quotes and friends. Yeah. But I saw that I was talking to my friend about it, and she's like, "Yeah, like there's stereotypes within um, the black community and even other races too that like see these like mixed race women or light skinned women as like these mystical creatures that like you need to know. But at the end of the day, like you're gonna burn the man. Like the man's going in the relationship knowing mm. that they're gonna get hurt." Or you're oh, like, you're wow. going to do some problematic stuff. And I was like... Yeah, I haven't seen that stuff. <laughs> I know. I was exposed to it recently, and I was like, this is outrageous. Like, the f- I didn't yeah. know this existed. Yeah. But I'm sure, like, Twitter has so many, like, threads and trends yeah. that I'm sure 
it's out there but I feel like that is something like I've experienced that on like an individual basis like I guess if we're gonna go into like dating and like that Mm -hmm. realm like people let's just say I've dated a lot of white people um white men and they've never said anything but I've always felt like meeting their family like I'm not someone that is the marriage type and I don't really know what that is but a part of me is always like is it because I'm mixed and I have this other aspect that would be joining their family that mm-hmm. they don't want in yeah, their family because their kids would become yeah black. then their yeah. blood has black in it yeah. and then it's like ah yeah <laughs> which is problematic and that could not be the case but yeah there's a trend of that I'd yeah. say in society and then in terms of, like I said, I went to a Dutch Reformed school for high school, and I never fit in with the black kids there. Mm-hmm. And I even had like comments said to me, like, well, you don't fit in because you're light skin and you wouldn't understand what it's like to be like us. And I was yeah. like, yeah, like I don't, but like now I'm just like, I don't know what that means for me. Like, I still want that aspect. Yeah. of my life and those comments like hurt you later on yeah, yeah for sure like I'd say it definitely changed who I am today and that's probably like I didn't really seek out being in BSU and TLC mm-hmm. at LMU and I honestly think it's because I was like well I don't want that experience again yeah because so I don't know yeah. yeah yeah my mom again is Mexican so I wasn't around like a strong black woman like I had my nana, my nana was a sh- my nana is a strong black woman, mm-hmm. but like I wasn't around her twenty four seven, so my mom is still a strong woman, but um like Afrocentric Afrocentrism wasn't like in my household. My dad was like proud to be black, but it wasn't like overly like the like yeah. over the top kind of thing. Yeah. But like even recently, I dated a guy that was black, and he had like. Afrocentric parents, like they're all like for liberation, they celebrated mm-hmm. Kwanzaa. But me being, you know, genetically 50 50, yeah, I was like terrified to ever meet his mother because I was like, what if she doesn't think like I'm black enough for her son? Mm-hmm. And that's like terrifying. Like, even now, yeah. like dating black men and like meeting their parents, it's like, am I enough? Yeah, and that, yeah. that's a scary question. Yeah, or I get the opposite where it's like, um, I have these men ask me like, oh, what are you? You look like so different or whatever. Yeah. Um, and I'll be like, oh, I'm black and Mexican. And like black will go like in one ear out the other and be like, oh, you Mexican, you Latina. And they yeah, would literally fetishize my Latina side and be like, like speak Spanish or like, oh, let or like tell me things like, um, Latina women aren't wholesome. Uh-uh. Latina women are crazy. And I'm like, Okay, but like, <laughs> that's so not true. First of all, but so I know. <laughs> but does that mean like you just you just ignore that I'm black? Yeah, you just that ignore. We're just gonna act like I'm not black. Yeah, and I feel like that happens a lot where people like cling to one, to one side half, or the yeah. other, whatever is best for them, mm-hmm. without considering even like what it's like for me or for us. And yeah, I'm like okay, <laughs> it's. All right, guess I'll just go with it or say something. It's just been like a, a trend and something yeah. you gotta learn with, moving with. Mm-hmm. But or even like in um, the Latinx community, I've had people be like, "Oh, like what are you?" I'm like, "Oh, I'm black and Mexican." And like, but, but, but you're just black, right? I'm like, "Did you ignore <laughs> the part that where I said I was Mexican?" And like, but do you speak Spanish? I'm like, "Well, 
I'm like fluent enough to like understand exactly what you're saying and I can like you know say some words back but I'm not like yeah. able to have like a full-on fast-paced conversation and yeah. they're like so that means you're not Mexican you're like no. I'm, I'm like constantly <laughs> having to fight yeah for my racial identities that I was born with and, and it's ridiculous yeah. it's like I was born with this my DNA says it like how much more credibility do you need for me yeah but people are crazy <laughs> yeah it's frustrating yeah especially now like going in like the workforce Mm -hmm. and like acknowledging like your privilege that you have over certain groups of people but then also like trying to identify with them like I've always felt and I've talked to my other friends that are mixed race that are also like black and something else Mm -hmm. and we feel like we need to go like 10 times harder for our communities in order to like be accepted oh yeah I feel like in the workforce I felt that a lot or people are like she can bring something new to the table which Mm -hmm. I feel like I can but they're like she can bring something new to the table and educate everyone in this room and it's like well I'm only speaking from my experience personal experience and I can't speak to the entire black community Mm -hmm. or the white community like I don't know that's a lot of people (laughs) yeah that's something especially I felt in college do you like speaking Mm -hmm. for your whole race yeah for (sighs) sure And it's scary now going into the workforce, too, and just feeling like... I don't know if you've ever had this with interviewing, but I've noticed, like, if I wear certain hairstyles, I feel like it's taken differently. Oh, yeah. I had um, a white supervisor come up to me um, when my hair was straight and was like, "You like, you look good with curly hair, but you look beautiful with straight hair. Yeah, I and I was just like, comment. <laughs> <laughs> well, first of all, I didn't ask you. Yeah, but exactly. I'm gonna rock my curls. That's what I told someone someday. Cause I I straighten my hair sometimes. Cause I like that, but I mm-hmm. also love my curls. I embrace my curls. And they're like, your hair looks when when my hair's straight. They're like, your hair looks pretty like that. And I'm always like, the problem is that statement, like that. Yeah. If you just said you look nice, and then. I also look nice with curly yeah. hair. Fine, so be it. But I don't. I don't know. It's just yeah. Can't change. Or we my we hair. can even we can even start talking about being mixed race and having a certain hair texture too. Yeah, sure. That mm-hmm. it's a, a big <laughs> that, topic. You don't understand the yeah. comments I've gotten from just men in general. Mm-hmm. I would get like, oh, like you know how many. Uh, this is a quote I've actually like heard someone tell me. You know how many hood rat bitches would kill you to have your hair? I'm like, why are you comparing my hair to someone else's? Yeah. I feel like being mixers, I'm constantly compared. At least mm-hmm. in the dating world, you're constantly compared to. Oh, for sure. Like, the typical black woman or the typical Mexican woman, depending on which race you date. Yeah, because it's like, oh, you're new and like kind of goes into like the the mythical creature aspect but yeah dating biracial is is, well I guess if you date another mixed person I've never um, been with another mixed person but me either but if you're biracial we're we're looking (laughs) (laughs) but um, I feel like being biracial and dating like one of your races Mm -hmm. is hard not everyone makes it that challenging, just certain people. Yeah. But, 
Yeah, I'd say, like, some people I've dated, I've never, not never had an issue, but it just was never, like, it's kind of like they were woke enough to know not Mm -hmm. to say certain things. I don't know if it was running through their head, but I was like, wow, like, someone that just sees me as me rather than one or two of these races or just as, like, a a race, if that makes sense. It was just kind of like... Seeing me as me. Yeah. Yeah, and that, I appreciate it, but in terms of, like, random dates, like, if I just went on one date, oh, the comments, it's just, like, absolutely ridiculous. And it's usually a a lot of times about hair, which Mm -hmm. is so fascinating that people are so fixated on hair. Yeah. Especially, like, friends, too. It's just something that I've always received comments on, and I'm like, I love my curls. I don't know about you. (laughs) Again, it's like these Eurocentric values that are just being, like, forced upon us. Mm -hmm. And the more you fit them, the more privilege you have, no matter what race you're in. Yeah. So I definitely acknowledge it. I acknowledge that I'm, like, you know, I guess I'm Mm light-skinned. That my hair is, like, a certain texture that's, like, acceptable to someone. But... I don't know. I feel like it definitely made me... In the beginning, it made it it harder for me to identify as, like, a black woman. Because, again, like, growing up where I grew up, I didn't have to wear my racial identity on my shoulders every day. I wasn't... I would experience micro-racism and microaggression. But just really coming to college and having those experiences with, like, different white students and feeling, like, unwanted and unaccepted by, like, a group that I traditionally hung out with. Because, like, back in high school, my friends were, um, yeah, black, white, Mexican. So mm-hmm. I interacted with everyone, but not being yeah. able, or not, um, or having someone not want to interact with me based on, like, my race was really, like, eye-opening for me. Oh, for as, like, sure. cliche as it sounds or superficial as it sounds, like, that forced me to look within myself and see why I was so hurt that, like, this one person or, like, this group of people, like, didn't want to associate with me. So, you know, I started getting really into um, black history, looking at um, strong black leaders. I started mm-hmm. looking at Mexican history, just really, be like, being strong in my own. And then from there, I became socially conscious, too, like, looking at different social issues that affect us. And from there different person yeah I feel like I still want to read so much more and really get in tune with black history specifically and that's something I mean now I feel like I have all this time in the world and I can yeah start doing that now but I am really happy to have my mom and my nana who are both very empowered they always Mm -hmm. speak about how proud I should be to be black and Mm -hmm. I and I am proud like I'm definitely Mm -hmm. proud and that's what I've had I guess now and having those conversations with them in college which is weird that I didn't have them a lot when I was younger um but we're working there Mm -hmm. (laughs) or even like going to like predominantly white high schools like you learn a certain history everyone learns about you know slavery MLK more and um no, I just Martin Luther King twice, but uh, Malcolm X. But I feel like going to college and kind of being a little bit forced to be like your own historian because you're going to learn a lot of things that are false mm-hmm. or a lot of things that are like misconstrued. Um, 
it makes you more passionate about who you are as a person. Like, I know for myself, like, I took a class on spectral groups, so groups that were traditionally, like, written out of history. Yeah. And from there, it made me, um, like, I always knew there were certain things in history that were false. But it made me realize, like, how um, falsified and rewritten the history that we teach our children really is. Oh, yeah. So, like, from there, I started reading different books. Um, I took classes on, like, black activism and um, race contemporary society and I learned about all these like different leaders within my own um, race or even my own community that existed and it really like empowered me and even now like don't take my idea but I wrote a grad school <laughs> essay about like they asked like they asked me like why do you want to go for your society why do you feel the need to go all the way and I was like to like honor those that came before me like mm-hmm. Kenneth B. Clark from um, the Brown versus um, Board of Education mm-hmm. case. Like, he did, like, the doll study, him and his wife. You know, there was, I forgot his name, but there was a um, Latino psychologist, too, that um, saw that these minority kids were being put in special ed way more frequently than white students, and he um, rewrote, like, IQ testing and all that. It was just these people before me that allowed me to, like, pave the way to be where I am today. Like, I want to honor them by literally going all the way and getting, like, the highest degree yeah. I possibly can. Yeah, and so, that's awesome. That's, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, for sure. What do you want to get your degree in? Um, clinical psychology, but I want to get my um, doctorate of psychology. So I'd be wow. more like a therapist than, like, a researcher. Because yeah. I feel like I'm better off speaking to people one-on-one mm-hmm. and, like, helping them that way than, like, me researching a group of, like, 30 people and not creating yeah. like those bonds with them yeah but yeah that's awesome Thank that's you. what I think um I know my parents instilled this in me as well and I I want to do it for myself too but they're like you have like education and knowledge truly is power and that's how you can move yourself up in mm-hmm. society and I acknowledge that I am privileged to have the education that I already have and to continue to get a higher degree but I, I, I want to give back, not, not give back, but I want to honor those that have come before us. And then mm-hmm. I want to make this world an easier place to live in for people that come from backgrounds like ours. And I guess hope that they don't have to face all the things that our ancestors have faced because history can repeat itself. Oh, yeah. And that's a it, scary it thing. It kind of is right now. And that's I know. terrifying. It's freaky. And I know, like, that's why I want to go into politics. I want to be someone who can inspire others that mm-hmm. look like me, who come from similar backgrounds as me, and be able to help society move forward rather than move backwards. Yeah. And I don't know. But I think that that is something that is very powerful. And I encourage a lot of people to do it as mm-hmm. well. Okay. Do you have any final thoughts oh anything else you want to talk about i don't know i feel like there's a lot but we covered a good (laughs) amount as well yeah basically in conclusion biracial people have it hard too Mm -hmm. (laughs) everyone has it hard we all struggling out here yeah yeah okay thank you everyone thank you so much to our guest lauren for coming on and sharing her no problem um thank you for tuning in again check out our merch that should be dropping either mid-june but i think i'm gonna officially drop it july 1st um thank you again for tuning in and remember to stay liberated